This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, my name is Tally Bill Hopkins. I'm here with my sister Gracie. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to The Long Way Home, Te Araroa Trail, a podcast by my papa Bruce Hopkins. Let's meet him and find out what it's about. Hi, papa. G'day, Charlie. Now, at the end of last year, 2016, you made a decision to walk the length of New Zealand on what's called the Te Araroa Trail. What is the Te Araroa Trail and why are you going to walk it? Te Araroa is New Zealand's long pathway. It connects each end of the country, Bluff and Cape Reinga. My initial reaction on hearing it about it was that I wanted to do it to connect me to this land. And when I saw that Te Araroa existed, even though I'm not a tramper, I just felt that's the missing link. Uh, the tramp covers a huge variety of beaches, forests, mountains, and it includes many major river crossings. So it's a huge challenge to me, and it'll take me about five months. Every week for those five months, I'll be making a podcast about the sights I'll see and the people I'll meet. I'll be carrying everything I need on my back. I'll also have two very special items with me. I will carry some of my father and brother's ashes. They've both passed away. So I'll be walking them home to Stewart Island from Cape Rianga, where we used to be cray fishermen. So this is my legacy for my grandchildren. This is, uh, you know, if they can say one thing about Papa when he's dead, it's, I think he walked the length of New Zealand one time. Papa, why don't you tell us about who you are, where you're from, and a brief rundown of what sort of work you have done. Well, as you know, Charlie, my name is Bruce Hopkins. My parents, your great-grandparents, are Cohen Bill Hopkins. I was born a fourth-generation Stuart Islander, but our family moved to Russell in the Bay of Islands in the late 50s, 1950s. Then we moved to Auckland in the late 1960s, where my brother Doug, sisters Lindley and Wanda, and I all went to Takapuna Grammar. I went to visit school at Otago University, then returned to be a commercial cray fisherman with my father, working off the coastal waters around uh, Cape Rianga. In 1978, when I was 22, I discovered the world of contemporary dance and set about becoming a professional dancer, which I did for eight years with companies such as Impulse Dance Theatre and Limbs Dance Company. Yeah, that was a bit of a change of direction. It even made the news. 
Five years ago, Bruce Hopkins was commercial fishing with his dad in Hohora and playing rugby in the Manganui team. Today, he's one of the Limbs Dance Company, having returned from Australia, where he was dancing with the well-known company Human Veins. I never thought of males dancing. I never gave it any, any thought. I think dance, you have to tune it in and, and really hone in on a certain particular area. And there's a lot of sweat involved, which I really enjoy sweating in. I think dancing will probably keep a hold of me for a good five, ten years uh, from now, hopefully, if, if my body keeps up, you know, and I can keep dancing physically. And then I'm really interested to pursue acting. Every villager able to wield a sword has been sent to the armory. When your dad, Joe, Charlie and Gracie, and your uncle Tom and auntie Francesca were born, I switched to acting. My biggest acting role to date has been uh, gambling in two of the Lord of the Rings movies. Is there no other way? There is one passage. It leads into the mountains. But they will not get far. The Urukai are too many. He leaves because there is no hope. He leaves because he must. Too few have come. We cannot defeat the armies of Mordor. Now I still do some acting. Uh, I'm also a tour guide, an MC, and I own a small temp agency called Action Actors to find temp work for actors to do between acting jobs. I actually said a brief rundown. Oh, sorry. I identify really strongly with Stuart Island. I always call that my home. We have six generations of Hopkinses living on the island. Northland, we moved to Russell in the Bay of Islands in the late 1950s. Russell was paradise. It was such a paradise to grow up in as a kid back then. You just lived in the, in the water down at the wharf, out fishing in dinghies and blah de blah As when we left home, Mum and Dad moved up to Hohora, north of Kaitaia, because Dad was fishing pack, pack horse crayfish off Cape Vianga, around uh, from sort of North Cape to Cape Vianga. And, uh, and so it became home for them for 40, nearly, nearly 40 years. But I've gone up there and I've done crayfish seasons with Dad, and so I've been based there, but it's, it's never been my home up there. Don't look like a film star like me, Brandon. Don't put your fingers up. So cool cameraman. This is my dad, Bill. We sound a bit alike, eh? Watch. My dad was a fascinating dude. He could be obnoxious as hell. That I used to be out at sea with him, you know, on the boat. You'd, it was for real because you could lose a thumb. You, I remember looking at my hand one time to see if my thumb was still there. A bit of rope we'd launched, and we fished big cray pots, not like little ones you see people fishing red crayfish. And and one of them, this rope, came off where it was going around and flicked around my thumb, and I so thought my thumb had just come off. So, does this look like a film star? Jeez, I wish I'd washed under my chin this morning and taken that egg off. <laughs> if you were doing a job, <laughs> and he did everything fast, so if you were taking a little bit longer to do a job, he'd just be, his first thing, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be about trying to teach you how to do it. It'd be like, oh, give it to me, I'll do it my bloody self. Christ, give it, give it here. I'll do it my bloody self. I just, and my brother didn't used to answer him back, even though he was bigger and much stroppier than me. But I used to answer Dad back. I'd, and that, that didn't create for a good dynamic. I'm 
be here next year. He had a uh, he had an aneurysm, <clears throat> so they had seen that he had an aneurysm, a small aneurysm in his bowel, when he had an uh, operation for gallstones. So they put him on medication. A few years later, it burst, and it fully burst when he was in the hospital waiting room, and that was the start of the downhill because he <laughs> ended up getting a massive hernia out of his stomach, um, and so he had two two more years, but. It, wasn't a pleasant year, a couple of years, and in fact he started, he just didn't care by the end. He took up smoking again, started drinking, you know, he'd, I'd watch him have a glass of red wine and, and oh, you couldn't fill that up again, could you? You know, and, and it was like, I actually, I felt like I was watching my dad deciding he was getting out of here. My brother, um, he was the oldest, and him and I had to share a bedroom, and he would annoy the hell out of me because he, he would go to sleep with a little transistor playing radio. So I'd always be telling him to turn his radio off. And <laughs> He represented Auckland in rugby, athletics, water polo, and surf lifesaving. I, all I had to say was I was Doug, I was Hoppy's brother, and they would give me a go. And he probably was destined to be an all-black. He was the captain of the Auckland junior team, and they went up north for a game to Whangarei and he met up with some of the guys that he went to school with. Something happened where he annoyed the administration and so he got put on a ban from representative play for two years without being told. So Doug Doug threw it in. He went, nah, buggy, I'm off. I'm off to France. So he went over to France. Um, him and Greg Burgess, I think, were two of the first Kiwis to go to France to play rugby. As we became adults, we each had children and, and stuff like that and then we started phoning each other. It was really cool. I used to love it. He'd phone me up. Hey, bitch, what are you up to? <laughs> Have you got a bloody job? <laughs> and uh, and so we were actually getting to be uh, quite good mates toward the end there. So it was, it was, and I was on a tour guiding job, actually. I'd just dropped my clients at uh, the Hilton Hotel in Taupo, and I'd gone back to my motel, and I got a phone call from my sister-in-law, um, Joelle, who was hysterical. Wow. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, that was a, that's an interesting one, because uh, I haven't uh, haven't felt it impact me like that um, for a while. So anyway, she called and said, you know, Dougie's in hospital and she's freaking out. And uh, I remember telling her, oh, you, it's cool, you know, you're in hospital, you're in hospital, he'll be right, he'll be right. And then about an hour and a half later, I get another call saying he's dead. When I decided to walk Tararoa, it seemed like this whole series of things just immediately kind of started falling into place. And then... Quite quickly, it came to me that, wow, wait on, I could take a little bit of Dad and Dad and Doug, walk them, walk them back with me. They come on the journey with me. I could, I could almost picture my brother going, what the bloody hell are you doing that for? <laughs> I don't know what Dad, Dad's reaction would be. He'd probably be quietly impressed.
I'm sure I'll end up talking to Dad and Doug a bit along the way. I'm not expecting an answer. But I'd like to hear from you. If you want to ask me anything, if you have any tips for Tararoa Trail or a spare bed and a hot shower, you can email me at thelongwayhome at radionz.co.nz. I'm also on Twitter at Bruce Hop and Instagram at Bruce Hoppy. It'd be good to know you're with me as I walk. Papa, what will you miss the most? Charlie, most of all, I will miss my family, especially my hugs with you and my hugs with you, Gracie. Oh, she just gave me a hug just then. And your brother, Freddie, your little baby brother, Freddie. But I know it'll all be worth it if I can uh, complete the journey. Well, good luck, Papa, on your journey. Hope you have a great time. That was good. That was good, she reckons. <laughs> The Long Way Home is produced by Bruce Hopkins and Justin Gregory. The executive producer is Tim Watkin. The engineers were Jeremy Ansell, Jeremy Veal, Jana Witter, Rangi Powick, Claude Vores and Blair Stagpole. Subscribe to every episode of The Long Way Home podcast at iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us. That way more people get to hear these stories. Now, if you go to the Long Way Home webpage at rnz.co.nz, you'll find an interactive map that follows Bruce as he walks to Araroa. Bruce is also on Twitter, at Bruce Hop, so get in touch if you've got tips, questions, or can offer him a bed, a meal, or just a hot shower somewhere along the way. You can also email him at thelongwayhome at radionz.co.nz. And if you like hearing about New Zealand's environment, then you should listen to Our Changing World, a podcast series from RNZ that gets you out of the lab and into the field to bring you stories about science and nature. Our Changing World is produced by Alison Balance, and right now it has stories about supervolcanoes, new treatments for cancer, and how to tailor nanoparticles to suit your body's needs. The Long Way Home. Whenua, whakapapa, whānau. Follow us. <laughs>